Welcome in to the Picune Post Game Podcast. Picune with a big win tonight on the road over Andy Iverville, 42 to 7, a dominant win. Just what you want to do on the road and get ready for a huge matchup next week against Gulfport. But we'll get to that with a preview podcast next week. I'm Clay Sweet to my right, as he normally is in the booth, Ricky Whitaker. And then on the phone with us tonight, David Burnett. David Burnett, the co-host of the Picune Podcast, the originator, um, got this off the ground. And we tip our cap to Dave and a job that him and Slick did that first year with the Picune uh, Podcast. And if you'll remember back to that year, Dave, and y'all's coverage, it was a loss at the Iverville that got the winning streak that was snapped a week ago. Um, really started the following week. So some irony in the scheduling and to go to the Iverville a week after the winning streak was snapped. Yeah, Clay, it's uh, weird how these things go around in circles like that. And you, you lose that game. And, uh, I mean, when we lost that first one to the Iverville a couple years ago, I mean, Slick and I had no idea the, the kind of run that the uh, Maroon Tide was about to get on. And uh, you talk about 27 games and then have it snapped last week against Catholic. And then who else you get to go face? You go back to the field where you had that defeat from uh, a couple years ago. So it's kind of a – it's a weird dynamic. But uh, glad the Tide were able to get in here and uh, play the Iverville and not, not, not slip up this week. Yeah, it's incredible too, right? Especially from you two guys' perspective. I'm sure from the coaching staff and some of the parents that have followed this group along, just the growth that that group of would-be sophomores at that time of that uh, time stamp that we're talking about from that year went on has won two state championships now in their senior campaign trying to win three in a row. And, you know, what a special group. Uh, Slick, we'll start with the Farm Bureau player of the game, what we named, and that's Amarion Tyson. He was a sophomore in that game. He's a senior night, a senior now. What a game he had from his linebacker position. Yeah, it was great to see him. You know, we typically see him cutting backflips in the pregame, but it was great to see him in back in his normal form, being able to make plays, uh, impacting not only special teams, but the run game, uh, you know, he was a double-digit tackle guy again tonight. Three or four tackles for a loss. Big plays on special teams. Um, he was, it was great, man, to see him really energizing the entire team like he does so many times. Slick, I'll get you to give Dave the numbers because the number, the question I'm gonna ask Dave is about the way the ball was spread around tonight. But before we do, can you give uh, Dave the numbers to speak to on the rushing attempts and the yardage from Chris Davis? Nike, Radcliffe, and then also the junior, Darrell Smith. Yeah, so Chris Chris led the team with all-purpose yards tonight, did it on the ground and in the air. He had nine rushes for 82 yards, two receptions for 66, the big one right before the half. Um, gave him a, a nine-yard per carry average on the ground and 33 through the air. So big numbers from him. Darrell Smith led the team in rush uh, yards totals. Darrell Smith had eight rushes for 102 yards, had another reception for seven, so he was 12.8 yards per carry. And then Nike put in five for 55. Uh, that's an 11-yard per carry average for him. So Picune is a unit on the ground, 27 rushes, 258 yards, and 
that's that's just under 10 yards per carry. So time of possession was a little different tonight, Clay and Dave, just because, you know, those long pat and pick you and drives, we were getting them in such big bunches. So it was probably the first game of the season where we didn't have a 16-minute time of possession first half. So it was a little bit different there, but Brady was great too tonight. Um, he missed some throws, but he also had some drops. He ended the night four of nine for 80 yards and a touchdown. And we might need to change his last name from Robertson to Houdini because that one he pulled out of his hat was pretty special. That might be the highlight of his career. Uh, he also went in for a touchdown. So touchdowns was uh, Brady went in for one from a short yard run. Darrell Smith had a touchdown. Uh, Tristan Cooper put in one. And then Nike had two, his first two uh, on the year. And then Chris Davis had the long uh, reception TD. And so, Dave, the question I wanted to get to, man, was the ball being distributed uh, pretty evenly amongst a lot of guys. That was a pleasure to see. And uh, the workhorse, the, the bell cow, through the first two ball games was to get was able to get a slight break tonight in some of his usage rate in being Chris Davis. Yeah, Clay, it was, uh, it was a pleasure to see tonight that we were actually able to spread the ball around. And that's kind of had to be the game plan with uh, Coach Stogner this week was, hey, we gotta, we got to give Chris a little rest. Um, CD6 has been on the tear. I mean, the amount of carries he had those first two games, you never really want to see uh, that many carries on any running back, no matter what. And uh, But Chris is not the type of kid that's going to shy away from anything. He's going to do exactly what uh, Coach Stogner and the staff ask of him, and he's done one phenomenal job. But it was good to see Darrell. I, I, I think after that first week, it seems to be the game plan is get Darrell a little bit more uh, the ball, or if you want to call him Daryl, as uh, the Abreville called him tonight, all night Daryl. But uh, Darrell had an excellent uh, night tonight. But uh, and it was nice to see Naki. I think we we talked a little bit about this early on, and uh, I thought Naki was get a lot of carries in that first game. He really did, but uh, the last two weeks. He seems to have to uh, to rock a little bit more. And uh, the only thing we need to tighten up a little bit with the spreading the ball around, Clay, is uh need to hold on to it a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. We made the comment late in the game, and uh, I'll get your opinion on it uh, since you threw it out there. I think it's a fair um, criticism. I think it's something that the coaches have certainly uh, thought and talked about. But I'll say this, any violent back, um, that I've ever covered that runs as hard as Chris, and there's not very many of them, but they're going to lay it on the ground up at a higher percentage than a guy that's just so that's willing to go down or doesn't have quite the speed. And what, what I'm saying there is, is Chris, when he gets to these defenders, he's either fighting for extra yardage or he's getting there in such a violent way that the science of it of is his speed with a uh, – with a pigskin that's got air in it clashing up against pads and helmets sometimes it's just not going to go that way i know chris is going to work to tighten it up idell had some of these similar type issues grew into it and was able to secure it and so the good news is it's a fixable thing and uh those really any flaw or any complaint that we've had about Picune have been fixable issues. In high school, you're stuck with your roster. You're stuck with your player. So, honestly, sometimes there's some stuff that you just can't fix in high school football. I hadn't found one yet uh, with this Picune team that can't be fixed 
within their own locker room, which is certainly a blessing. Yeah, Clay, uh, I was going to say that. I, I thought we did a good job of uh, staying on side this week. I know that was another thing that uh, we may have pushed on, and I know Coach Stogner has, I mean, just beat them over and over and over again about those uh, mental mistakes. And uh, so it was good to see us clean up some areas. And uh, like you said, it's really good to know that, hey, we can fix what uh, the problems that we're having. And uh, and I, I think they will. I think uh, you, you mentioned Chris running hard. Clay, if you didn't see it, you'll have to go back and look. I got that one run when he was almost – I thought he was going to get in. And he just would not be denied. And uh, what a run from Chris. I think it was about a 15-yard run or so. I, I didn't put the yardage on there. But, man, what a run from uh, CD6 tonight. And like you said, he just – they're just physical uh, bags, and uh, that's what you want to see in this offense. And sometimes it's going to cause us a few fumbles. From your perspective, the play from the defensive line, normally when we're able to highlight that linebacker group, uh, in particular, particularly 29, it means that the guys up front had a good ball game. From your perspective, the line play uh, from pick you tonight against that uh, wing T set from the Iverville. Um, I thought it was a uh... – I thought they did great. Uh, seems like they did a uh, very good on their assignments, uh, and that's the thing with uh, Wing T. You're very—I know you're very committed with your days to cover Popperville play and uh, Jay Beach's crew. Um, man, you have to be—you uh, have to know what your reads are and your keys are, and uh, you have to follow through. And then sometimes, you know, we got kids that are just better. You know, you got JB and. Uh, Big Mike and Macon and Monte Waller and Coop on that D-line. And, uh, I mean, a lot of times we're going to line up and they're just going to be better, and which helps with that uh, linebacker crew. And I want to throw it out there. I mean, Marion had a fantastic night uh, tonight. He def- I didn't know he got the player of the game, but he definitely deserved it. And uh, I'm glad I got that interview with him tonight because uh, knowing that he was player of the game. Yeah, I think you're uh, two for three on those. You've been able to hit those without uh, us communicating uh uh, who it is, so that's a good job by you. Kyler King got uh, the takeaway to get things started tonight, and so King able to go make that pick in the back, a back end. Tell us what you think of uh, the secondary plays. Look, they were they hit with some eye candy, certainly with that wing tee, and then having a guard uh, the pass after you watch a different a lot of different ball fakes. Kind of hard to keep up with the football, but I thought the secondary did a pretty good job. I thought they played really well, and it was great to see Kyler um, get some redemption for himself uh, in the first quarter. I believe it was on their first drive, come up with the interception. Not an easy catch to make. He was falling back. Those are always hard catches to make. But I thought we were in pretty good position. I mean, there were a few plays where they would run that high-low combination route, and there were times where we didn't have that covered. But it could have been, you know, how we were playing it on defense. They might have got us on a couple, but – I thought Nike played really well. Uh, he broke on one. You know, his his break to the ball was phenomenal uh, to knock one down. So, yeah, secondary was great tonight. And then when you talked about Brady Robertson's numbers, the pass right before the half, let's look at that. That was a, a fourth uh, – no, it wasn't fourth down. There was just three seconds left. Pickton was going to attempt um, a long field goal try to ice the kicker. Simmons misses the kick for uh, picking no fault of his own. It's a long high school um, kick. Cody and his staff are able to see the, the field goal attempt. During the timeout that the Iverville burned trying to ice the kicker, 
picking since their offensive unit back on the field and then Brady Robertson on a little wheel route drops it right in the lap of CD6 running down that sideline and that's a touchdown we saw it many times last year and when I say many there's a mouthful when you're talking about uh, a touchdown to close the half but it was the Robertson to Conti combination last year this time it's Robertson to Davis to really put the game on ice before the locker room. Yeah, that was the second big play that Brady made on that drive, and, and that was a big one before the half to to really almost be in a position to put that game away coming out for your first drive of the second half. And yeah, he dropped it right there. And Dave, I believe that was the old pass 50 and up, as we call it. We used to see Chris run that a lot as a sophomore, and uh, even Darrell would get in and run it some. I believe that was Brady's first touchdown uh, as a varsity Maroon Tide member was was on that pass 50 and up to Davis in the back of the end zone. So a little bit of a, a walk down memory lane there. But I'll mention too, you know, we talked about the offensive line play, and I thought it was it was a pretty good job by Coach Stogner. We started seeing a lot of guys mixing in on the offensive and defensive line at the end of the game. But I thought it was it was a methodical move by him to keep his big center in, and also to keep in Big Mitchell Smith, who played well. I think that these next up, upcoming games that we're going to have, those guys are going to have to go the distance, and he wanted to make sure they were getting their snaps in. Yeah, good call um, by you. you know, we're going to look at every kind of aspect. What about Jamal Simmons? He's had, I believe, one PAT block, but other than that, it's been perfect on the year. You lose a guy to injury like Morgan Kraft, who was um, automatic last year and normally that's a, a pretty big deal and it still is Morgan Crab rehabbing uh, very well there with Picune Physical Therapy and our buddy Ernie Landrum the sponsor of the, our app but he's working himself back into shape but it's been less of a deal because of the way Jamal Simmons has been able to take care of the extra points you don't want six point touchdowns so a tip of our, our cap to the way that Jamal Simmons has kicked it. And, Dave, he's a guy who worked while he waited last year. He took every practice. I was an eyewitness to a lot of them. You know, they do uh, special team stuff a lot of times to start the practice or, or prior to practice really getting hot and heavy. And Simmons attacked every kicking drill, every opportunity last year the way that it needed to be. And it's paid dividends this year. Yeah, you're right, Clay. Um, that's, he's doing exactly what you asked uh, from him. And, uh, I mean, he, he wants to kick the ball. He wants to try to build goals. Uh, he really wanted to get that one. And I think he felt like he could get it. And, uh, I mean, for pick unit, yeah, I mean, it worked out in their favor. Diablo uh, calling the timeout. And if that game would have been, in, in, you know, a close game, then he probably would have regretted calling that timeout because it swung the, uh, you know, pick was able to call a play and, uh, hit CD6 down the sideline, but Jamal has done an outstanding job. He, he prepares like the starter, even when he wasn't the starter, and uh, I mean, man, I, I'm proud of him. I think he's done an excellent job, and he doesn't look, he, the kid doesn't look nervous out there. Like, he just gets out there, and to me, I, you would think uh, you, you would be, I'd be so nervous, but he does a fantastic job on those PATs. He does, and while we talk about the kind of working while you wait, uh, the B unit, so to speak, the, the dummy unit, I've got to come up with a better term, but um, the offensive unit in particular gets down there. You talked about the Tristan Cooper score late. Uh, Quinn and, and Hathorne did a really good job. Cole, 
Robertson with a completion. I was impressed with, you mentioned some of that uh, starter staying in on the line, but those guys being able to march it right down and score, I didn't see a lot of B-unit uh, defenders on the field for the Warriors. Your impression of what that offense looked like, Slick? I thought they looked good. I thought Quinn uh, flashed of what he could be for the future. Uh, the sophomore had seven carries on that score and drive where, where Coop took it in from one yard out. Uh, 24 yards of production on the ground on seven carries is pretty good. You mentioned uh, the big catch by Hawthorne, and, and boy, Colt looked good rolling out, very smooth, rolled out, made a great play. So I, I thought the backup unit did very well. I'm going to ask a question. I hope you don't back up from it, David. We're talking about young guys playing well. Your nephew, man, Macon Burnett, I thought made a mark on the game. I, I thought he was a tremendous ninth grade player a year ago. He popped to me when we were able to cover the ninth grade uh, championship. He's a, a hard, hard worker, man, uh, each day at practice. And he took uh, full advantage of his reps tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm proud of him. I know my uh, my family, all of my family, my brother, my grandpa, and all of them is really proud of uh, what he's done so far this year. Uh, he works hard. I got to give it to him. He's a hard worker. Um, he looked at it this year, and he didn't look at it as if he was going to be a backup. Um, he went in it thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to start. And uh, like you said, he, he came out there prepared like he was going to start. And uh, he's worked his way into uh, – into the start lineup and, and getting a lot of playing time at times. And uh, he's been a real good uh, asset to have on a very, I mean, a very good um, defensive line who, I mean, we kind of forget we've lost a guy that's uh, at Louisiana Lafayette playing right now, you know, Xavier uh, uh, Coleman. So we lost Big Day. And district it, player it, of the year, really, right? Wasn't he district yeah. player yeah, of the year? Yeah, you really. Correct. I forgot about that. He was a uh, defensive district player of the year. And, we lose him, and we, I, I, I feel like we're way deeper uh, this year, Clay. Yeah, that's a good argument to make. Uh, I thought Big Mike was in on a ton of tackles. The D-line doing their job tonight. I think we've almost touched on, on every group that's out there. Is there, is there a group left, guys, that well, we haven't really uh, touched on? The wide receivers we mentioned, um, there was – a couple times during the game where Brady was a bit off and then there was a couple throws on some balls that I know wide receiver coach um, Josh Robertson would have his guys doing some push-ups after on on some balls. But it's hard to talk about that wide receiving group in particular because you mentioned Christian James. You mentioned uh, Amarion Tyson snuck out in a five-wide set. And so that's kind of an intermingled match group. But Ian Heron... Diodati, uh, Ducker, I'm going to miss people. This is dangerous inside of that group. That at times can be a thankless job. You're out wide most of the time in this offense trying to spring a big run or running a decoy, but they have to just stay as sharp and as ready as any group involved. No doubt, man. And Ian Heron, another one of those sophomore guys, uh, he had two targets on the night. I think one was a little high, but the one that hit him in the hands he was supposed to catch, he did, had a seven-yard catch. So that's big for a sophomore receiver to get a, to get a pass in, uh, against uh, you know anybody, but especially for on a picking team. Sophomores don't catch a lot of balls uh, when they're receivers on this offense. So it was a really good experience for this team tonight. And really, I think this game, um, you know, hey, we'll go back. I'll mention just briefly, Mankin Burnett. 
talk about baptism by fire. I mean, not only is he st- you know playing and starting on the defensive line, but had to come in against Brandon Catholic. I mean, he's he's the exact uh, definition of baptism by fire, if you want to say that. He's he's had to learn quick, but I thought this game overall was a good one for us to have because look, we've had two very very physical, emotional games. Uh, we're going to have two more tough road games with Gulfport and Ocean Springs. Those won't be a walk in the park. But I think one group play that you can look at on film and make some corrections on is, is our kickoff team. Uh, I know that Jamal Simmons, who's done a great job, is not kicking it as deep uh, as our kicker has, you know, is normally kicking it. But we got to tackle and not give up field position. So we had a couple big ones with our starting group that we probably are not used to seeing from that group. They usually make those tackles on the spot. So we can we can definitely clean some things up there. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh I think you'll appreciate this point, uh, David. You know, he's talking about Ian Heron, the junior, and he's a swimmer. So that's double duty time uh, for Ian, and, and that can take a, a total. Man, that's asking a lot of a student athlete, but correct me if I'm wrong, but he's still in the pool and he's still getting it done for the swim team. So uh, he's a dual sport guy, and uh, those wide receivers, a uh, uh, I hate to say a thankless job, but at times it, it can be your impression on that group. Oh, I think it's a great group of kids. And, and covering Pick Union, you know, the past couple few years, and then also helping coach and uh, just watching Pick Union football, as a lot of people have done. The group doesn't get a lot of recognition, um, as we've mentioned. But, man, we, that group is always a happy group, Clay. I mean, they if they make a block or – uh, throw somebody down, you know. I mean, they coming off to the sideline, and the other wide receivers are always going to give them some love. And it's just like it's almost like their own little group out there, and uh, they do a good job of uh, getting out there. And it's, I mean, the one thing they do, Clay, we have mentioned is they're the ones that most of the time call to play in. Yeah. So they also got to remember the yeah, play. You got to be because, sharp. You got to be a good. Uh, communicator in a huddle. That's an excellent point. Yeah, that can be a lot of bad things can happen if uh, the right <laughs> signal is not being uh, brought into that huddle. So an excellent point made. And you know, we mentioned it. Um, chunk plays, spring plays, whatever you want to call it. But the longer runs, most of the time you're going to have that one wide receiver set or two wide receiver set and most of the time both of those guys have kind of done their job against the defensive back yeah because you you do not want to go in there and call the wrong play because i can promise you it ain't just coach stockner going to be hollering at you it's going to be coach edwards it's going to be coach Steely. i mean if you just don't so you have to call it uh right and and, and those blocks sometimes play and uh, slick. They're not the easiest blocks because you're kind of out there and it can kind of move. So you kind of got to be careful you don't get a holding call out there. And uh, so it's a lot of work on those wide receivers. Good point made by you, Dave. I think we picked this one about as part as we can for a 42-7 to ball game. Will you tell our listeners uh, what they can expect interview-wise? Yeah, in the interviews, I got uh, Coach uh, – Coach Stogner, as we always get following the uh, victory, and Clay, I had to beg him. I told you I was going to get him before we talked to today. I had to beg Coach Summers to get on there. He really didn't want to do it, and uh, but I got Coach Summers on the podcast, and uh, Slick, I don't know if you realize we never had him on there, and, and uh, this going on our third year, we had he's the only coach, and uh, Coach Summers kind of a selfless guy, and uh, really, uh, 
you can't see it, but when you hear him talk about his linebacker group, uh, he's all smiles, man. And you can see this lights up talking about his kids. And uh, I got Amarion Tyson, um, as you mentioned, was player of the game. And uh, always, always fun to uh, listen to what Amarion has to say. And one thing I'll say about Amarion, Clay, is if you go back and listen, when me and Clay Slick did the first view, you couldn't get this kid to hardly talk as a yeah. sophomore. And now he just loves to be on there with us. And uh, I love, I'm glad he does. And uh, I'm glad we I got him tonight. And I also got Kyler King. Uh, you mentioned uh, Kyler in the, in the thing about the interception. So I picked up uh, Kyler, got a little uh, talk about, you know, coming back from baseball and why he did. And uh, he, he hung in there. I had a question I fumbled around with. We, I left it in there, but he, he was a pro. Uh, he was a pro at answering, so he did a great job. Yeah, like a good shortstop, gonna pick up a loose hop, huh, Dave? Yeah, he did great. I told him. I said afterwards, I said, "Man, thanks." I was, I was bumming around, couldn't get my. Uh, I had a good question. I thought I did, and I couldn't get it out. But uh, he did. A, he did a great job, and uh, I'm glad Kyler's back playing football this year. Yeah, man, he's got a beautiful smile on him. Kyler King, uh, infectious type of personality, fits right in with this group we wanted to mention too we didn't get to it earlier but mitchell smith was our stonewalls uh rib cracking uh hit of the game we we awarded it to the way that he just poured his guy out in front of him all night at that left tackle position what a special sophomore that big young man is he is some kind of dominant huh dave oh yeah he's a treat to watch and uh He's a road grader out there, and, uh, man, he's got um, – it's all up to him, man. He's got a bright future, and uh, I hope uh, I hope he takes it and runs with it because uh, I definitely want to see him play football for a long time. And he's got the potential to do just that. Maybe we'll end his career. He stays healthy, keeps the right attitude, the right work ethic, potentially coming out of Picayune as one of the better – offensive lineman everywhere the maroon white and gray which is a mouthful but he is going to be some kind of decorated if he stays on the same path that he's on right now oh for sure all right guys well we appreciate uh you dave grabbing and gathering these interviews always fun to talk to you after a maroon tide win and we appreciate our listeners and sponsors as always thank you Dungan Engineering is a unique force in problem solving in the state of Mississippi. They have offices in Brookhaven, Columbia, Picayune, and Macomb. Dungan Engineering has the capability to provide expansive and complex services to state agencies, local governments, utility providers, and national firms. They do this all while preserving the good neighbor attitude that allows them to be active members in the communities they serve. Their motto is service, strength solutions it's not just words not just goals and not just an outcome all right i'm here with uh linebacker coach coach mark summers coach 42 to 7 victory over diabraville uh last week was a tough one but this week kind of looks like we cleared that out of the uh the head there yeah we regrouped after uh last week's loss um of course catholic was a real good team um had a good week of practice focus we got back to picking football. Coach, I just want to talk a little bit. Talk a little bit about your guys at linebacker that you're coaching. Obviously, Amarion's the one that everyone's going to know uh, by heart by now. But uh, 
Talk a little bit about all your, your every one of them in your group. Okay, uh, my other inside's uh, Quentin Haynes. Uh, Quentin plays a lot of guard. Uh, he's a two-way player. Uh, he does a real good job inside. Uh, outside, we got Logan Hall. Logan's a, a new one this year. He's coming along pretty he's, good. He's, yeah, he's coming along. Um, playing against this team we played tonight, the Iberville, it's kind of like playing against ourselves in that wing tee. It's, it should be like playing against uh, our team in practice. But uh, we read our guards. Um, outsides have to read the wing backs. It's like playing ourselves. So we, we should play well against these wing tees. Coach, one last question. I just want you to touch on Amarion. Amarion is uh, – if you, you can't watch him play and not love the way he plays the game of football, what has he been like to, to have the pleasure of coaching a kid like that? Oh, it's fun every day. It's fun every day. If uh, two years ago you said he would have been starting, I'd said no, uh, just size and. But he is. He watches so much film, and uh, he he knows what he's doing. He helps. He's like a quarterback on the field. Yeah, he's gonna be one. I'm gonna hate to see leave. I wish he could. We could dig up another year of eligibility for Marion for next year's coach. But yeah, uh, Marion's got a motor that just don't stop. Coach, uh, congrats on a win. Good luck against a very tough team next week. Go for it. Yep. Uh, they're going to be more of a spread look. Um, we'll get a little H-back uh, look out of them. Uh, they're a good team. We're going to have to bow up. We want to win them all here on out. Yep. Good luck, We want to play in December. Yep. Good luck. Safe trip home. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Fazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. All right, I'm here with senior linebacker Marion Tyson, falling 42-7 victory over Diablo. Marion, last week, we're just going to briefly touch on that. Had the first loss in, what, 27 games. As a senior leader on this team, talk a little bit about this week preparing for what y'all had to go through to prepare for Diablo. Uh, even though we lost, even though we lost uh, last week, we just pushed that to the side. We had to keep pushing forward because we just got more coming. So we just pushed out of the way and kept going. Tonight, you had some big plays, a lot of tackles for a loss. I think the, I wish I knew the whole uh, stat sheet for the, the total for the team. Um, talk a little bit about y'all's play tonight. Y'all, y'all kind of a little sluggish from what we're used to seeing, but y'all seem to get it together uh, around that second quarter. Oh, yeah. First, first half, we played a good first half, but, you know, we had a lot of uh, mistakes and stuff. So we fixed in the second half, came out, did what we had to do, even though we still had a little bit of mess up, but we still we did what we had to do. All right, Mar- Marion, we got a tough – now we go back to another couple of tough games before district play. We have Gulfport next. Uh, what you thinking about this uh, next week against Gulfport? Uh, I'm just thinking, like, we just got to have the best Monday of the year, like we, uh, we should, and come out and play and hopefully win the game. Good luck, Marion. Roll Tide. Around here, the tougher things get, the better we are. Because all around Pearl River County, you'll find people working together. Like your two hospitals, Highland Community and Pearl River County, 
working together with Forest Health to bring you health care that's coordinated and complete. We're here for you now, and you know we'll be here tomorrow. Highland Community Hospital, Pearl River County Hospital, and Forest Health. Two great hospitals, one incredible health system. Josh and Jeremy Robertson, owners of Robertson Brothers Used Cars, have proudly been serving Picayune, Poplarville, and all surrounding area for over 10 years. They hang their hats on being lifetime residents of Pearl River County and take pride in serving their community, not only with quality used cars, but also with helping out local youth in any way possible. Robertson Brothers Used Cars are located at 617 Highway 11 South in Picayune. Give them a call at 601-799-1220 or look them up on the web at robertsonbrothersusedcars.com. All right, I'm here with a uh, senior defensive back, wingback uh, Kyler King. Kyler, uh, got the win this week. A little uh, depressing going up to this game. Talk a little bit about the week uh, y'all had. Um, It was just, you know, we lost and uh, it was just – it happens, but we just decided to go out there and uh, give it our best shot and know the, our team and our identity and what we needed to win. So we went out there and just had a great game plan. Shout out to the coaches, and uh, we just executed it well. So, Kyler, you played as a sophomore, decided just to stick with baseball for a year as a junior. What made you come back for your senior season? Uh, honestly, I love it and the brotherhood, man. I love my guys, and I just try to be out here and help them anyway and just be a part of the winning culture. So some, do you think some of the things that you deal with on a baseball field you can kind of help with these guys? Like, I mean, obviously baseball is super hard to go undefeated. Right. So you kind of, I mean, not to say, you know, you deal with a lot more adversity of play-by-play in, in baseball. You know, it's, I mean, it's obviously it's super hard. But uh, do you think some of those traits that you carry in baseball help this week with these guys? Um, I mean, all sports, they just – they teach uh, valuable lessons in life, and you can really use most of them in uh, different aspects. So, yeah, baseball does have a lot to do with this. Just, you know, we've, uh, we've lost a few baseball games, but just kept going. Like last week, we lost last week, but we kept going and made a statement this week. Yeah, it was a terrible pre- presentation of a question by me, but yeah, good job good. for answering. But uh, next week we got Gulfport. Um, going to be a lot tougher opponent. So do you think now we can kind of – I think now we're definitely going to clear our mind from that uh, Catholic game. Right. I mean, after uh, Monday, uh, Monday, coaches, that's what they emphasize. Clear it, new week, new game, and we're just going to stick to our identity and uh, what we do, and we're going to be ready for Gulfport and whatever they uh, bring. All right, glad to have you back on the football field, Kyler, and uh, good luck. Thanks for having me. Making decisions on when and where to further your education is a big step in life, so let Pearl River Community College be the destination for you. Pearl River offers the first two years of any major and over 42 career and technical programs. They have three locations to better serve your educational needs. The Hancock Center at 454 Highway 90 Suite D in Waveland. The Forest County Center at 5448 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And the main campus located at 101 Highway 11 North in Poplarville. Pearl River Community College. Roll River Roll. Hockey fans, Seawolves Action is back at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum November 18th. Head to our website, MississippiSeawolves.com, or call our office today, 228-999-8333. If you're looking for that cool Seawolves merch, head to SeawolvesMerch.com and check out our online store today offering great merchandise deals. Thank you to the Talking Ball Podcast, official partners of the Mississippi Seawolves.
All right, I'm here with head coach Cody Stogner following the uh, victory over Diablo. Coach, uh, tough week to prepare for following something we're not used to. Uh, talk a little bit about the week leading up to uh, this Diablo game. You know, we say it all the time. We, we were 0-0 when we started on Monday. And uh, we knew we had to prepare to, to play just a, a try to knit a near perfect football game. We weren't there yet, but it's a good sign because, you know, we were executed pretty well on both sides of the ball tonight, but we weren't exactly perfect at times. So obviously we can get back in Monday. We'll be 0-0 next week, and we can clean those things up. And so we need to get this thing rolling and start peaking. But, you know, I'm proud of the way our guys responded after last week's. You know, that just shows the maturity and the leadership we have from our senior senior class to, to really get the things going for us. Coach, talk a little bit about some of the positives you've seen tonight. I mean, you got some guys that got to play late in the game. Uh, that's always good to get some fresh guys in. Yeah, especially when you know when some of those guys are guys we'll be counting on in the future, and maybe maybe by the end of this year. So it's good to get it on film and you know and, and be able to teach them and uh, and correct them. And also you know shows us the reason why some of them might not be playing as well. But at the same time. You know, it's good for those guys. They work just as hard as these other these, – this, this starting 11 on both sides of the ball. So, it's a good opportunity for them to get in the game because, you know, that's the future of our program. So, we got to make sure we get them reps as well. Coach, you got Gulfport next week. Going to be a very tough opponent. Got to go to their place. A couple of things that we're going to have to do a little bit better before we play Gulfport. Got to hold on to the football, stay on size, play with great energy, great focus, and, and great effort because – I've said it. I said it before. I feel like we're the only team that can beat us, and, and you know, if we if we take care of those things, so you know, we just got to prepare, and, and uh, it's gonna be a, yeah, they're gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a heck of a football game. So we got to have our best effort and energy and focus going on in the next week. All right, safe trip home. Good luck next week. I said thank you.